Hi, I'm Karen Crossley, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream, the Student Athlete Experience. In this podcast, we introduce you to leaders in college athletics who are shaping the experience of the student athlete on and off the fields of play. We discuss the challenges and innovations affecting athletics and higher education, and how we can adapt to give student athletes a strong foundation for their futures. Today, I have the opportunity to talk to Brent Jones, Director of Athletics at Troy University. Brent has overseen a restructuring of the department's external and internal teams and has led the department to set records in a number of areas, including academics, fundraising, and attendance. In addition, during his tenure, over $40 million has been dedicated to capital projects. Brent is a 2013 graduate of the prestigious D1A Institute and a member of NACDA, ICLA, and NACEMA. He joined the Troy staff from Southern Miss, where he served as the Senior Associate AD for External Affairs. Prior to Southern Miss, he was at Georgia Southern University. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brent. It's it's a privilege and an honor to be here today, it really is. So you've had a really amazing career, achieving remarkable goals at prestigious institutions over the course of your career, 23 years. Can you share more about your story and your uh, experiences at these institutions? Well, I really think it starts with two things uh, that has mattered my entire life, and that's uh that's athletics and education, and to really be able to pair the two of those together. And so um, from high school, my, my dad played in college. Uh, my grandfather played in college. Uh, my mom's my mom wanted five boys so she could have a basketball team. And uh, and so uh, I'm an only child. So they got all one wrapped up in one. But, you know, those two those two things really have centered my whole entire universe really growing up. It's sports. And it's education and how you can combine the two of those. And so when I was doing great in sports, education sort of, you know, hey, in order for you to go to college and play college ball, you have to be a great student. And so vice versa, when I wasn't doing great here, I was able to go, look, man, I've had to work really, really hard in sports. And so I just think that education, sports, the way that it is combined together really sets up uh, people for hard work, dedication, determination. And uh, it strips a lot of barriers that people have. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, where you grew up or anything else. It, it's really what you're able to take out of it. And so um, I, I was I was very fortunate to grow up with uh, with two parents that, that love it. My mom was a teacher, uh, an assistant principal. And my father was a lawyer by degree and a banker by trade. And so they just poured into me. Uh, And then I had the fortune, great fortune of playing college baseball division one, two and three and uh, really found a a knack for wanting to give back and wanting to be in intercollegiate athletics. And so after that, uh, I always thought I was going to be a high school uh, history teacher and a baseball coach and uh, which is a great profession, but then decided that uh, I really wanted to compete on an administrative level. Went to Ole Miss, worked there for two years, worked with Coach Bianco, who's a national champion baseball coach. And so I've had a chance to work with some amazing at some amazing institutions, uh, as well as work for some amazing coaches, work with amazing coaches and also work for some great athletic directors and bosses. And one of those being my current boss, CEO, uh, Chancellor Jack Hawkins, Jr., who's been here for 34 years and has totally revolutionary redefine Troy University and what that experience is. We are tr- we are Alabama's international university. We are the prettiest campus in the state of Alabama. Uh, we have amazing facilities. We talk about the Trojan way. We talk about pride. We talk about integrity and passion. He's taken Troy University athletics from division two to division one AA to division one A. 
and under his leadership and guidance has been simply outstanding. And so uh, along the way, I've had the opportunity to uh, to work at the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, to work at Georgia Southern, uh, to work at Southern Miss, and now at Troy going on the sixth year in my fourth football season as athletic director. It sounds like a lot of your history and background has kind of intermingled in a way that can really help you connect with your your student athletes as well, not only understanding the importance of education, but how that also applies to sports and the mentorship as well. Absolutely. And I've been there when there's empathy and we have to make a coaching change or a coach makes the change on their own. And so I can sit across there and say, hey, I, I was the exact same. I know what you're thinking and I will meet with every single student athlete collectively, pull the leaders aside. And I say, look, I've been through what you're doing. I was a college student athlete. I had five different coaches. I understand what it's like not to be to be coached by a person that didn't recruit you or not know you. I have the empathy. But if you trust me and I want to hear from you, what what are you looking for? I know what I'm looking for. Connectivity, passion, integrity, being a winner. What are you going to stand for? Do you have a plan recruiting those things? I want to know what you're looking for. And that really has guided several of our coaching searches. Um, And again, not looking for names, but looking for ingredients to success. What do they think is important? And so being able to have that is huge. Our student athletes, you know, we're centered around that. We talk a lot about this at Troy, the student athlete experience and the fan experience. They run parallel and they're just as important. And so those are the two things that really we're heavily focused on. And one initiative that Chancellor Hawkins uh, has made a priority here is the study abroad program. We're going to offer every single student athlete over a four-year period a study abroad opportunity fully paid for by the university that they can go overseas, uh, either compete or practice, immerse in their culture, be able to, to learn a different culture, different language, I should say, give back, whatever that is. And so uh, that's that's what we want to do. We want to build leaders here at Troy University. That's really incredible. There's not a lot of opportunities for student athletes to be able to have something immersive, such as travel abroad or perhaps internships because of the demands of, of athletics. So two things you just hit on is one is the study abroad, but then you talked about internships. And so through our strategic plan that we will uh, launch in about a a month or so, it's called the Total Trojans. And so it is the student athlete experience. And part of this is no longer do we want 100% graduation rate. That's the baseline. We want 100% job placement. We, Mm. When you graduate, we want a championship ring in one hand, a diploma in the other, and a job the next day. And so when you become a junior, Uh, We are going to identify what you want to do. And again, you might be in criminal justice, but you might want to be a salesperson. And so, again, a degree does not define you. You might be in education, but hey, I I think I want to go, you know, explore this or that, whatever that may be. And so we want to get to the heart of it. The end of the day, people go to college to learn, to grow and to better themselves. And part of that is through their careers and jobs. And so that's what we want to do. And so we're going to start this process in, um, in January, and I'm excited about it. That's truly inspired leadership to be able to provide these opportunities for your student athletes. One of the things that you do as a leader is you have something called the W4 mantra for your student athletes, for yourself, and for the vision of your department. How do you see that executed on a daily basis? And uh, what, what does that mean to you? I believe that you can speak things into existence. You know, it doesn't just need to be a slogan that lives on a wall or it's winning in every single thing we do, but it's winning in the classroom, winning on the playing field winning in the community, and winning in the stands. And if we set that as the expectation, there's, no, there's not going to be any shortcuts. 
And so that that's what we're working to do here. The W4 mantra, it's all about winning, but it's about doing it right. And then with those four different pillars that we have, uh, and I think we've done a really good job of that. And, I, and I'll, if you allow me to brag on our department, uh, we had the highest GPA we've ever had. We've won the most. So we've had five conference championships in the last five years. Uh, we've set all-time tickets, tickets and attendance records for men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball, and football. Best licensing year ever, best fundraising year ever, best sponsorship year ever. And oh, by the way, we've had the most community service hours that we've ever had too. So you want to talk about winning across the board, that is the W4. And that is because of our student athletes, our coaches, and our staff. And oh, by the way, you've done that in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, that is, it has it has been interesting. You know, I've been an athletic director now for three and a half years, and within the first six months, uh, COVID hit, and so you have to live, you have to learn, you have to zig, you have to zag, uh, and leadership is so crucial. And the leadership of of my boss, Chancellor Hawkins, uh, always being steady, always being uh, forward thinking, has really uh, transformed Troy University. I'll never forget this. He challenged uh, his senior leadership team. How do we come out of COVID stronger and better? And one of the ways we've done this is we looked internally and became out more aligned in what we needed to do. Forward thinking leadership. And you've had a lot of experience with that yourself. You've attended the D1A Institute. How has that impacted you? And what was your experience like in that cohort? This was 2013, the D1 Institute, and I went out there. I was the associate AD at Southern Miss, went out to Dallas, and I sat around a room. It was invitation only. Uh, it's expensive to go out there, to fly out there, to be part of this curriculum. I mean, it was super intense over a two-day period. And you had ADs that sat in there, no cell phones, no one's talking about Twitter, everything else, and they were just bearing their souls on how do you become better in their panels. I look around the room and I see Arkansas Deputy AD. I see, you know, SMUs, Texas, Wisconsin, all these others. I see all these great ADs. And I'm the associate athletic director who, oh, by the way, is is 32 years old, sitting in this room thinking that I'm going to be the next AD. And I went to my room and I was so disappointed um, because I realized that uh, the climb was there. Uh, and I had to do it. Now I'm like a, I'm a dog on a bone. And when I have an objective, I have a goal, I have a vision. I want to be able to go hit that and, and do that. It was, it was transformational is what I would say. It was absolutely 100% transformational because it, it showed me that I needed to be so much more introspective and I needed to broaden my base. I knew marketing. I knew communications. I needed to gain sales. I needed to gain fundraising. I needed to gain social media, sport administration. I needed to understand how to hire people and unfortunately sometimes fire people, those type of things. And so it really transformed my personal life to be, or my, my professional life, to be quite honest. I, I love how you mentioned that you realized the climb is there. I did. And, you know, I didn't realize there was 97,000 uh, floors, you know. So I just I just got back from Cal's, as I said, and, and it was about leadership. And I sat on the panel and I spoke and it was talking about leadership and it, it's really you leading people. But what are you doing to pour into yourself to be that leader? You know, you need to make sure that you're eating well, you're sleeping well, you're exercising. You have some other for me, it's faith. And I know we'll get to that a little bit, but, you know, you have to have something else that is going to sustain you. If it's just this job, you're going to have ebb and flows like you wouldn't believe. And so 
one of the things that I said is to be a great leader is the first part of it is you have to know who you are and then you just got to show up. You got to be present. You don't have to have all the answers, but you have to be present. No matter if it's good, bad, and different, you have to be present. And so, and then the second part of it is you got to pour into yourself. And so that's what it really showed me is these guys, these young men and young women, as I looked out and had all these athletic directors, they understood what they stood for. They had their pillars. They had their strategic plan. They had their talking points. And I realized quickly, I didn't. I was, I, I didn't, my job was to sell the most tickets and fundraise the most and have the best interactions on social media engagement. I got to realize quickly, what do I stand for? Who am I? Like coaches do. And so I will tell you this, even going back to when I was an associate AD, every school that I've been at that had a search, I would parallel many times without the AD knowing, run my own search. Like, who would we hire here? What would I do here? What would I, because I wanted practice. And uh, I know that sounds extremely weird, uh, but that's what I wanted to do. So if, if the AD ever came down and said, hey, do you have any ideas about who we should hire for uh, our swimming and diving coach? And that happened more times than not, to be quite honest. So you have to be prepared. You have to pour into yourself. You have to be present and you have to be prepared. That's what I would say. So you briefly just mentioned pillars and also mentioned briefly one of your own pillars. Uh, could you talk a little bit more about your personal pillars and how you're climbing those stairs with those? I'll tell you this, it's, it's faith, family, health, and work. Those are the four. So there's four buckets. If it doesn't fit in those four, it's not in the Jones household. Work is very important for me. It's something that I love. I strive for my family means the world to me. I have a seven-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a wife too. And so that, you know, as well as my parents uh, and cousins and, and aunts and uncles and grandparents, they mean so much to me. Um, and as I've gathered through this, you know, I've really adopted those other two. And, and that's faith and uh, becoming a stronger person of faith. And so there are a lot of times that you don't have the right answer. There's a lot of times you don't know what that answer is. And to be able to have faith and understanding of of what is what has taken place. And one of my favorite quotes is this. Peace does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, hard work or trouble. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. And I think that goes back to leadership is uh, looking forward and, and, and having that. And then the last piece of it is is health. And since you and I started talking about this, I've lost 20 pounds and uh, I've been on this climb of since 2019 of losing more weight. And so uh, losing weight just doesn't make you healthy, but working out every morning, eating right, you know, doing those things that you need to do that we talked about pouring into a leader. So it's faith, it's family, it's work. And we take work extremely serious here. Uh, And and then it's health. And those are the four things that I have. So Combining all of that together, looking at your leadership opportunities, what's ahead of you, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges that athletic departments, including Troy, could be facing in the coming years? Our world is being flipped upside down because of the transformational committee, because of intercollegiate athletics with the one-time transfer exemption, with baseball, men's, women's basketball, football now being part of it. Uh, you see name, image, and likeness. You keep, you, is it unlimited rosters? Is it unlimited scholarships? Is it unlimited coaching? What is that now? You see the lawsuits that the NCAA has has taken, and they're saying no more. We don't want any more lawsuits. And so what they're doing is instead of putting a cap on things, which they've done before, they're really just going to put a floor on it. So now it's, it's, it's completely open. Very similar to what you have in the NBA. NBA, they say you have to have so many coaches. 
But if you wanted 37 coaches, if you want to pay for 37 coaches, you're allowed to do that now. And so I think that's what it's going to do. So it all boils down to revenue, money. What's our philosophy? What do we want to do? The Sunbelt Conference just went through conference realignment, and it's been ranked by the uh, athletic and ranked by ESPN as one of the best conferences coming out of realignment. We picked up Marshall, ODU, James Madison, and Southern Miss. Very strategic uh, additions that were based on geography, were based on fan bases, based on understanding of athletics, like-minded institutions. And so as I look to the future, it is how do we how do we do what we did in the Sunbelt, where we pick the right schools, we we put ourselves uh, a buffer around ourselves, a bubble. That, that's what each conference is. It's really a bubble with like-minded. It's, it's, it's a relationship of like-minded institutions. And so what does that look like going forward from an FBS standpoint, from a group of five standpoint, from a division one standpoint, you just see the college football playoff expand from four to 12. Is that going to be in 26, 25 or 24? What is the, what is the bowl dynamic look like? Uh, and so as I look forward, I think change is inevitable and we have to embrace that. But I will tell you this, we can't just change just for change's sake. And I think you saw that in one piece where they talked about that student athletes would be able to transfer as many times as they wanted to without penalty as long as they were eligible. That was that was a rumor that came out of a committee. And I saw a lot of coaches uh, as well as administrators going, Whoa, that might be, and who knows, that might come out tomorrow and we might all accept it, but that was one step too far for a lot of people because it was change. And what, what's the benefit of that change? And so anything that we make through name, image, and likeness, through the one times transfer portal, and I was a student athlete that transferred. I transferred more than once, okay? And so, but I had to pay a penalty too. I had to transfer down. I couldn't transfer across as they are now. As we look towards all the different rules and regulations that are going to come about from this, we just need to make sure that we understand why we're making these changes and how they're going to benefit the good. We need to do this not in a one to five year time period, but look at the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. What do we want to become? And lead one, which is the division one AD Institute. Now that's morphed into lead one is really leading that. That is our association of FBS athletic directors. And uh, I really think that over the next few years, and as we're already doing now, a lot of heavy lifting uh, will come from that organization. Uh, I've had a chance to speak with some people who've been involved with Lead One, really incredible organization that I think, as you mentioned, is going to to be driving forward a lot of the really important issues that are facing college athletics. It's like-minded people and it's FBS, right? So it's not FCS. It's not one AAA. It's like-minded people that come together and say, okay, how can we make this better? You know, I do think the group of five and the autonomy five need to continue to work together. You're seeing that there's a great relationship that we have there with the bowls as well as the college football playoff. It's all about growth. It's all about expansion, but it's all about getting like-minded people, like-minded groups in this bubble to really figure things out. So that kind of leads into my next question, which is, as you're looking towards the future, what advice would you give to student athletes or young administrators? Gain as much experience as you can. A lot of times student athletes, and again, I was one of them, don't have that ability, as you just effectively said, to have internships, to go to first study abroad. 
they need to take advantage of that. And at Troy University, we are going to be the leaders of that. And that's because of our university administration has made it a priority, but we are going to be leaders of that. And so looking ahead to student athletes, you know, expect to work hard, expect to play hard, take a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, but at the same time, capitalize on these two, three, four, five years, whatever that may be, some now even six years uh, because of COVID, capitalize on that and gain as much experience as possible. So when you graduate, whether it be with your undergrad or master's, I mean, this, this 20 years ago never happened. And now it's becoming not normal, not standard, but much more normalized where we have student athletes who are coming out with their MBA with zero bills that they have to pay. That is the true definition of what intercollegiate athletics is having. And so just to gain that experience on the field, in the classroom, in life, whatever that is, utilize this time to make it uh, really propel you. We talk about you're not making a four-year commitment, you're making a 40-year decision. So it's not a four-year decision, it's a 40-year decision. And really utilize this to the best of their uh, abilities and advantage. That's a really good point that it's not just about these four years. It's not just about even the four years after that. It's 40 years and the impact that you're going to be having on your family. Even if you were to go play professional sports, you still have time after that, right? So it's it's families, it's generational, which again leads into my next question is this podcast is called Rebuilding the American Dream, the Student Athlete Experience. And we always ask each guest, what does the American Dream mean to you? So much. It differs for everybody. It's going to differ for my kids than what mine was. I didn't grow up going to intercollegiate game, intercollegiate athletics and football games and basketball games and baseball games. I went to my own games, right? My dad, my dad was coaching. My mom was a team mom. So that American dream for my kids, and then I'm going to get to, to society. Uh, but for my kids, my work is their playground. They, they think of going to a practice, going to a game, going to a tailgate, being around donors, being around fans, being around uh, at cookouts, being with our student athletes. They just think that's normal. How awesome is that to be able to involve your family in your work? That doesn't happen everywhere. And I'll be honest, building the American dream is this, man, the American dream is you can do whatever you want, but it's not going to be given to you. You have to work hard There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be triumphs, but expect to take the stairs, expect the long way ahead. What if the obstacle is the path? So when you think about, man, this is an obstacle that's hindering me now, man, what if that is just part of your path to get through? And if you look at it that way, wow, things are great. But I'm going to read you something else that's on my wall. It says success is not possible without enthusiasm. I believe that 100%. So rebuilding the American dream is this, is I believe that we can set ourselves apart, that we can continue to be a great society as as we continue to understand that everyone has differences, everyone thinks differently, and the American dream is about setting yourself up, generational knowledge, generational wealth, uh, giving back, and being part of the solution uh, moving forward. Well, that enthusiasm is definitely evident. As we close out this podcast, I'm feeling very energized to go to go do some great things. Thank well, you thank so you. much for joining us today, Brent. Well, thank you. And that's that's one thing I'll tell you this. As, as a leader, 
I think it's your job to set the energy, set the vision and set the tempo. Right. And so uh, we have a lot of energy and we got a lot of passion here. And uh, I'm so appreciative of my staff, my coaches, my student athletes, uh, our administration, as well as you having me on today. Pleasure again to have you join us. Thanks so much. Thank you. You've been listening to me, Karen Crossley of Degree Insurance, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream, the Student Athlete Experience. Find out more on our website, americandream.fm, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Degree Insurance. Until next time.